It's time to put on your sleuthing cap, feel nail-biting dread, and face heart-racing fear. This is Queer Writers of Crime, where you'll get book recommendations and hear interviews with LGBTQ authors of mystery, suspense, and thriller novels. Here's your host, Brad Shreve. Lori Egan, this is your second time around, and I want to tell you, after you did your first book recommendation, I heard nothing but great things about how well you did. Well, thank you. That's always nice to hear. It's heartfelt. It was all good stuff. I am going to tell on you right now and let people know this is our second take on this episode. And it's not because anything went wrong. Lori reached out to the author that she's going to talk about and didn't hear back. So she did a little guesswork on what the author may have been thinking about. And lo and behold, the day after we recorded it, she heard back from the author and she's like, Brad, we got to do this again. I'm like, of course. So here we have it. So, so Lori, let's start up by telling them who are we talking about okay, today? I think this is a pretty, pretty household name, Val McDermott. Um, she's a Scottish author. And the first book in this uh, series with Dr. Tony Hill and Detective Inspector Carol Jordan is called The Mermaid's Singing. Val has been hailed, if I can say this, as the titan of tartan noir (laughs) and the queen of crime. She's sold over 17 million books in 40 languages, uh, which is impressive. Uh, She uh, that's that that goes way beyond impressive. <laughs> uh, she was born in 1955 uh, in Fife on the east coast of Scotland, and she read English at St. Hilda's College, Oxford, beginning at the young age of 17, which was, I think, the first time a woman from a state school at that age was ever um, enrolled. And then during her adult years, early adult years, she worked as a journalist for newspapers in Glasgow and Manchester. She wrote a successful play. And then her first book, Report for Murder, in 1987, which began her long career with three major series and multiple standalone titles. McDermott has received a Lambda Literary Pioneer Award the L.A. Times Book Prize, and a Cartier Diamond Dagger. She is married to Professor Joe Sharp, and the two women live in Edinburgh, which is understandable considering where she grew up. And and forgive me, the the Cartier, what what was that word? I've never heard of it. The Cartier Diamond Dagger. I'd love to see it. Um, Yeah, I've never heard of either, but it sounds impressive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The Mermaid Singing was initially published in the UK in 1995. It was combined with the second title, Wire in the Blood, to form the basis for the excellent 2002-2008 BBC series, Wire in the Blood, starring Robson Green. He's the detective in the ongoing PBS Masterpiece Theatre Grandchester series and Hermione Norris. The six seasons are available for rent on Acorn and iTunes and are absolutely worth the rental fee. The two actors are perfect for the main protagonists, Dr. Tony Hill, a criminal psychologist who has his own set of complex psychological issues, 
and Detective Inspector Carol Jordan, who battles gender bias and yet has risen in rank due to her brilliance. And you've watched these yourself? I did. Yeah. And you enjoyed them? I love them. And then I just recently went back and, and uh, rented the first one in the series. And I didn't want to go too much farther because then they become the new, the other books. And I haven't read all the other books. So I'm deciding to read the books and then I'll go back and rent the, the second in the series. The reason I asked is when I had Richard Stevenson on, five of his Donald Strachey novels were made into movies. And he loved Chad Allen in the role. But that's where it ended. He didn't. He didn't even watch the fifth ones. <laughs> well, so here's. I'm happy to hear somebody. I'm happy to hear somebody. They got it right. Yeah, they really did. And in fact, Val McDermott um, makes a quick bow. Takes a quick bow amid a throng of reporters just for a few seconds at first of the uh, series. This novel is set in Bradfield, an imaginary city located near Manchester. I'm going to read you a little bit from the back cover. Okay. Four men have been found mutilated and tortured. As All right, fear, you already got my attention. I love it. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> as fear grips the city, the police turn to clinical psychologist Dr. Tony Hill for a profile of the killer. His past makes him the perfect man to understand this psychopath's motives. It also makes him the perfect victim. How's that for chilling? <laughs> okay, the prologue starts the reader on a fast sprint quote you always remember the first time isn't that what they say about sex how much more true it is of murder i will never forget a single delicious moment of that strange and exotic drama end quote the killer then describes visiting a museum near florence and studying the design of medieval torture instruments, which will be recreated in a secluded cottage basement. This introduction to the novel leaves the reader chilled, if not downright terrified about what is to follow, with a psychopath who rivals Hannibal Lecter in The Silence of the Lambs, published the year before McDermott began this book. When I wrote to the author to ask about any connection between the two novels, she replied, I had read The Silence of the Lambs. It didn't inspire me specifically, but it did open up the possibility of writing about a profiler, about which I knew absolutely nothing. But I'm a quick study. In a BBC interview, she said reading the American author Sarah Peretsky encouraged her to feature women as detectives, which um, really hadn't been done in England. So uh, Val McDermott's timing was just perfect uh, for this first book. And that's an interesting thing as an author, because we like to read other books and should read other books for inspiration. But then there's that, OK, that really gives me good inspiration how do I use that inspiration and not make it sound like plagiarism? Yeah. And a good author, like I'm sure she did, that's not an issue. Yeah. There, there's no similarity, you know, begin with this. This is taking place in, near Manchester and, you know, this is a very English story and Scottish story. You know, but I think the idea of doing a profiler back then when she was writing this, 
as I said, it be, she began to think about it in 1992. So this was still sort of a new thing then. I mean, mm-hmm. Silence of the Lambs really did break ground uh, in many ways. I also asked her if she knew the Norwegian author Anne Holt, who was the subject of my first review, uh, and about the coincidental pairing of a psychologist and a detective in Holt's book, Punishment. In response, McDermott said, I have met Anne Holt a couple of times, but we've never had the opportunity for a long conversation. Well, (laughs) wouldn't it be fun if we could get the two together and record their dialogue so we could hear what these two world-class plotters have to say to each other? Or or have them co-write a a novel. All right, back to the book. Because the bodies have been dumped in areas where gays congregate, the police tag the perpetrator with the nickname The Queer Killer, which D.I. Carroll... Jordan doesn't like, nor is she happy with the homophobic attitudes of her colleagues, which of course combine with their misogynistic views. Now, as I said, McDermott began planning the novel in 1992, so the rendering of prejudice was accurate at the time, although some readers might find some of the dialogue and plot distasteful to modern sensibilities. And warning, needless to say, some scenes are violent. Dr. Tony Hill is brought on board as a profiler, though many members of the police department sneer at the use of psychology as part of their investigation. Tony perseveres with the support of D.I. Jordan and becomes fascinated with the killer and seems to crawl inside the killer's mind, at one point saying to himself, You can't hide from me. I'm your mirror image. I'm the poacher turned gamekeeper. Gamekeeper. It's only hunting you that keeps me from being you. In Tony Hill, McDermott has created a complex man who suffered childhood traumas and though empathetic and a superb profiler, battles with sexual impotency, causing an almost phobic fear of intimate connections. Even so, he's attracted to Carol Jordan as she is to him, though he retreats whenever she demonstrates even modest interest. This backward and forward interplay is an essential ingredient in the series and shares some similarities with the relationship between Johanna Vick and Adam Stubo in uh, Anne Holt's Punishment, although the genders are reversed. However, I think the Hill-Jordan attraction feels more authentic. In later books in the series, McDermott introduces a lesbian policewoman to the team who rather fancies Carol Jordan. In this first book, however, the LGBTQ angles are integral to the story as naked and mutilated male bodies are left near gay cruising areas, one of which was the body of a closeted gay policeman. Val McDermott is an excellent stylist who writes revealing dialogue and visceral descriptions of behavior and settings. Here's a portrayal of Assistant Chief Constable John Brandon. Not even the shaving soap covering his face like a Santa Claus beard 
could give him an air of benevolence. Or Carol's pithy interior rumination about work, having, quote, another 12 hours in the day would be a start, Carol thought wearily. Loving a challenge was all very well, but this time it looked like love was going to be an uphill struggle. Or when Carol phones Tony early in their acquaintance and becomes instantly nervous. Hello, yes, sorry, I was just trying to clear space on my desk, Tony stumbled, his left leg starting to jitter like a cup of tea on a train. I love that image. <laughs> uh, McDermott's most notable strength is her in-depth portrayals. Tony Hill and Carol Jordan are nuanced, deeply felt characters, as is the killer, whose accounts are sprinkled throughout, written in first person to conceal the identity. These brief pages teem with torture imagery, a supreme belief in the narrator's brilliance, and a macabre craving for the perfect lover. As befits a novel of crime fiction, the plot unfolds with a quickening pace and flows organically, told from multiple points of view. Each narrative bite propels the story, adding different perspectives and revealing clues as they surface. So in addition to recommending The Mermaid Singing and the other titles in the series, and by Val McDermott, I would also suggest seeing Wire in the Blood, but after you've read the book. The novel is available in ebook and audio formats. A 20th anniversary paperback edition was released in 2015. So I hope everybody goes out and starts this series. It's a good one. I have mixed feelings on this one, and I'm going to tell you why. They're not necessarily negative. I've never actually said the words. I talk a lot about novels that I like on this show that are tend to have a lot of humor and lighthearted, but I don't think the words have ever come out of my mouth that said, I really like a little humor and lightheartedness in the mysteries I read. However, I love a dark one too. And when you talked about mutilated gay men, that did creep me out a little bit, but I love to be creeped out a little bit. And I love... I mean, this this sounds really dark, and it has my attention. I'll tell you that. So it uh, sounds like she knows how to write dark and do it well without being gratuitous. That's the that's the key. Yeah, she's she's she knows she does her homework and she knows her stuff, and she's obviously done a great deal of research about profilers and psychology. She's adept at creating really complicated characters. So uh, I think it's a, this is a very successful outing. Absolutely. To write a dark story and not be gratuitous, but just matter of fact, and make it chilling, that takes skill. And that sounds like what this is. Well, thank you. Thank you, Brad. You can get more information about episodes, plus scoops on book releases and promotions by LGBTQ crime authors each and every week. Simply head over to QueerWritersOfCrime.com and sign up for the newsletter. Brad made it easy and put the link right here in the show notes. Need a little nudge? Click it now and you'll also get a free ebook by one of a select group of outstanding authors. That makes not subscribing just plain silly. It's all yours at QueerWritersOfCrime.com.